ladies and gentlemen. It is my honor to present to you your hosts for the Married with Board Games podcast, Spencer and Laura Williams. Hey there, everyone. I'm Spencer. I'm Laura. And this is the Married with Board Games podcast. Welcome to episode 14. Yay! We're just cruising along. Going to be up at episode 15 before we know it. Yeah. We're going to be episode 100 before we know it. Man, that'll be crazy. It'll take a while to get there. I think so. I think you're right. (laughs) Because we're doing every other week. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, I wish, you know, it'd be nice to do every every week, but we just don't have the time, free time Mm -hmm. to do that. Right. I do enjoy coming in here and talking with you every time. So yeah, it's fun. Well, anyway, we've uh, we've done a lot actually since the last time that we've talked. Mm-hmm. We've played a lot of games. Yeah, um, that was awesome. Yeah, well, not only we did we just get back from Ballscon, get back. It's in the same town. We didn't go anywhere. <laughs> we didn't go anywhere. <laughs> but uh, before that, we had a little getaway, just me and Laura, and we played a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've we've played a lot of new things, and we're excited to talk to to you about some of them. Um, but first, we do. I did just mention we went to Ballscon. Yeah, and it's just second a, annual. Second annual Falls Gone uh, here in Wichita Falls, Texas, if you'll remember us talking about it. Um, we did the Kickstarter video for it, and that was a lot of fun. And um, so it's it's very small. I think uh, this year that they said that there's about 70 people that attended. Right. Which was more than double that was there last year. That's fantastic. It's really good. Um, and we had a lot of fun. We got to meet a lot of people. Yes. Um, we got to play some new games. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we got to meet um, some fellow Dice Tower contributors, uh, yeah. the Family Showdown. Yeah. So it was really neat to meet them. Um, they were from Texas as well, and they made the trip up to Wichita Falls. So it was nice to meet them. And uh, they're going to be at Dice Tower Con. So looking forward to maybe getting a game win with them. We didn't get a chance this time. Right. Um but th- but it was a lot of fun getting to play some games and mm-hmm. um, get to expose some new people to some of these games that we've been talking well, about. Well, and I even enjoyed um, the fact that this is the town that we're from. I was I was pleasantly surprised by some of the people who showed up that I I didn't even know played games. Right. Yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah, I agree. It was it was neat to see, and there was all kinds of different people there too. It wasn't just. There were all kinds of games yeah, going on. Yeah, it wasn't just like your typical gamer. You had families that were there. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of wide range of people. So it was really neat to see that. So we're excited that it was successful this year and excited to see what the future years hold for Falls Con. Yeah. What's next? Um, well, so now that we've gotten our, I guess if you could call it our first con under our belt. Yeah, it counts. Now we're going to jump into the deep pond and go to dice tower con (laughs) yes and we mentioned that last episode we're really excited about that yes um i believe it's july 5th is when it opens Mm -hmm. from so that weekend Mm -hmm. in orlando yes and um there are only a few tickets left there are less than 100 tickets left um so if you're thinking about it don't think about it just go don't even think about it just (laughs) Book your tickets. Hang on a second. No, 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 no. We can't say that to people. Oh, okay. Be responsible. Okay. We just, we were just extra blessed this year with the means to be able to go. Yeah. And um, decided that's that's what we wanted to do, and we're going. And we're excited. Yeah. And hopefully we'll be able to see some of you there. If not, we, it'll happen sometime. Yeah. We believe. If not, y'all can just follow us on Instagram, and we'll show you all the awesomeness. Mm-hmm. That will be ha- that will be going down I wanna, in Florida. I want to take play. Uh, I want to participate in the rock paper scissors tournament. Didn't you say it's the world championship? Yeah, it is. Oh my word! <laughs> and there's the um, pitch car tournament that I always hear about. How fun it is! So I, I, I would love to play pitch car, but yeah. what? I mean, tell everybody what I'm really hoping to get to do. Well, they do have the opportunity. You can play some games with Richard Launius. So, Do you guys realize? <laughs> so Richard Lottie has created the original Arkham Horror. <laughs> not the Fantasy Flight one. <laughs> the the one before that, before he teamed up with Kevin Wilson for Fantasy Flight. And uh, so you can play not only that original version with him, you can play... Like, you can look up this board on Board Game Geek. Mm-hmm. That board is so cool. <laughs> it looks awesome. It's from the 70s, I'm pretty sure. 70s or 80s. I think it's the 80s. It Either. was... So awesome. But, I mean, it still retains, looking at the current board, or, I mean, 
the version that we have. I don't know if ours is the most current. But it's close. It's yeah. yeah, it's very close. You still see similarities. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. I just love that retro board. Yeah. That is just so awesome. So that'd be neat to play that with him. And then you can play Elder Elder, Horror, Elder, Elder Sign. Yeah, Elder Horror or Elder Sign with him too. Yeah. So I don't know how <gasps> how to work that in. But oh that my would be gosh, really neat. you guys. If anybody knows how we're supposed to get on that, <laughs> please tell me. Like, is there a list I'm supposed to mm-hmm. sign up for? Do I have to do like do I have to do like hands on a hard body? Whoever's <laughs> the last person standing with their hand the, the last, on the table or the the elder sign? Oh, <laughs> yeah, hand on the elder sign. Yeah, keeping the gate sealed. Yep, for Richard Lanius to come. So yeah, we're looking we're looking forward to having a good time there. We're already planning to meeting up with with our good friend Art of Board Gaming on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, he's gonna come up to Orlando. Yeah, so it'll be fun to to meet up with Joe and uh, we, <laughs> me and Joe. Oh my jo- word. Joe and I get into to pun battles. What else is Twitter for, though, right? <laughs> so if you if you see any really bad puns coming from our Twitter account, that's me. It's not Lara, and it's directed at Joe mostly. <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking forward to so that. We're gonna get and, these um, two in the same room. Yeah. So if, so if help you have, me God. <laughs> If you do have plans to attend, let us know, and hopefully we can work something out where we can play a game. That would be really cool. We'll have a lot of time to do it. So, and so, we also we have some reviews up. Yeah. Since our last podcast, one of those, the most recent one that went up today, um, the day of recording, is Venom Assault. We talked about Venom Assault in the last episode, and it turns out that Jeff Arbo, um, I believe that's how you pronounce the last name, uh, is like president of Spyglass Games. And he heard our podcast and us talk about the game. And um, one of the things that he actually contacted us to thank us for talking about the game on the podcast. Um, but the other, the other thing was he wanted to talk specifically with me about what I had found in the game of it not being totally equal for men and women. And um, I just... I really appreciate that he took the time to reach out to me and he wanted to know what I thought. I, I'm flattered by yeah. that. And I took, trust me, I, I really actually saw this as a great responsibility to, to speak this clearly. Um, I took my time. I gathered my thoughts um, in order to, to put this to him the correct way. And, um, because I think in the end, both of us, Jeff and myself, I wanted this to be constructive so that they get the best feedback to help create the best game. Mm-hmm. That's what we both wanted out of this. And so I'm really glad we were able to come together on that. And so thanks to Jeff for that. And also um, after our video review went up on the Dice Tower, Michael, um, the creator of the game, right? Uh, reached out as well yeah. and, and was, a, uh, and that's just so awesome. We're so thankful that these guys are paying attention and they, yeah. and they are appreciative and they, and that's just so awesome to me. And I, I'm so excited to see those kinds of things. Well, it's definitely the first time that I can say that a publisher has come back to us, you know, with any, you know, concern, either concerns that we've had or, you know, I wouldn't say complaints, but just, you know, issues that we take with the game. First time that they've contacted us directly to just say, "Hey, we want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's get to the bottom of why you feel this is an issue, and then we want to learn from that as a company. And we moving forward, we want to make sure we're listening to everybody um, and and how they feel because obviously we're making a product for for yeah, gamers. These, these people have to buy it. We yeah. want to give them what they want to buy, but it's and not they I, get it." I, the feeling I got was not just that, oh, we want to sell as many as we can. I think they legitimately wanted wanted to do right by everybody. Mm-hmm. They want to make people happy. So I really appreciated that. I thought that was really neat. Yeah. So shout out to the crew from Spyglass Games. Uh, thanks for reaching out to us and, and valuing our opinion. And um, we are really excited for what the future holds for your company. Yes. So... All right, so, so like we were saying, yeah, we have gotten to play a lot of games over the past couple of weeks. Um, like Spencer said, um, just he and I got a 
to get away for a little while and, and just be together. So we got, um, a couple of two player games in, and that was really awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, um, at balls con, we got a lot of playing in and, and then also, I mean, <laughs> this is kind of funny. We got a game for our friend for her birthday. Kind of got it so that we could play it too. <laughs> well, I mean, why else would you get your friends games for their birthday? By the way, we want to play too. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll talk about all those here in a second. Um, but I want to give you a little bit of a rundown, what you can expect from the show today. So we will. We'll talk about some games. Then, of course, we have our traditional game night grub segment. Laura's got a thirst-quenching recipe for us today. Mm. And then our topic for discussion today um, is... I mean, I, I'm titling this episode, Take It Easy. So in what situation, is it good, is it bad, whatever, should you take it easy on somebody? Should you go easy when on When playing a game. When playing a game, yeah. Okay. So we'll get into that, um, what we feel is appropriate, what we feel is not appropriate. And you might hear different things from me and Lara. I don't know, because we haven't discussed it yet. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, it's going to be first right here for you guys. You hear, You heard it here first, folks. Well, they haven't yet. Okay. They will later. Yes. But for now. So, but for now, let's talk about games. So, Just you mentioned games. we played some two-player games on our trip. What was the first one? The one that, that I feel like this is the one that came away from the weekend as the clear winner. Um, Raptor. Yes. From Matigo Games, and that's by Bruno Squared. That's a good one. <laughs> that's the... Hello, the that again. That's a great team name for that. Thank you. Bruno Squared, um, Powerhouse, Bruno Cathala, and Bruno Fiduti. And they came together and they made this game that it sounds terrible and you kind of feel terrible a little bit if you are a particular team. Um, (laughs) But the gameplay is still fun. So um, basically, there is a, I guess you could kind of envision you're in... Jurassic Park or Jurassic World. I never saw Jurassic World. I don't know. Yeah, you're not missing much. Okay. <laughs> womp womp. They're making a sequel. Um, there's a mama raptor, and she has are there four or five baby five. raptors? Five baby raptors. And they're oh my gosh, the minis. They're so little mini little baby raptors. <laughs> and they're so cute. <laughs> And um, so there's Mama and five baby raptors, and then there the other player is in control of a group of scientists. Mm-hmm. Um, the scientists are trying to capture three baby raptors in order to do research on them. Mm-hmm. Mama doesn't want anybody messing with her babies, so um, she can either help her babies escape from the board. Or she can eliminate all the scientists on the board. Those are the two ways. Can she, she can win take. by doing that? Yeah. Oh. That's how, that's what we've done. Oh, okay. I've just eaten you. That's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> whenever I play as could I Mama Raptor, I don't really get the chance to get them off the board. Mm-hmm. You're constantly putting the babies to sleep. Yeah. So I just eat all of you, your little scientist minis. But when I'm the scientists you always find an escape route yeah anyway so the board is really neat um multiple tiles and there are two sides you can do different you can play on the savannah or you can play in the jungle um and there are obstacles and whatnot in the way so you can kind of strategically hide some of your baby raptors behind those because scientists from long range can shoot them with tranquilizers Mm -hmm. and mama raptor too yeah um Scientists can also light fires mm-hmm. and cause wildfires to spread. So it's kind of like a blockade. Almost, yeah. So the fire can block them in um, so that they can't escape. Um, but I, all in all, I mean, we just it's also a quick game. Yeah. And I like that. Well, um, it's, it's definitely asymmetrical, meaning both sides are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way it works is you have a hand of cards and... Um, you, they have it's that mechanic again, like we've talked about that. We don't know what the name of it is like in mission run planet Mm -hmm. and cauldron master. Now that we've also talked about of you play down a card, each player does and they're, they have numbers on them Mm -hmm. and you flip them over and whoever has the lowest number gets gets to to do do the action on their card. Yeah. But the other player, whatever the difference is between 
their number and the other player's number, they get to do that many actions. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. That's I really like, cool. There's a little bit of a tweak on that mechanic, yes. and, and I like that. Mm-hmm. And so that was cool. Um, all in all, I mean, I, I really like this game. This is, I think this is, as long as, because you're working against each other, right? It's not cooperative. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say it's really, there's a take that element of it. You're just trying to be strategic against the other player. Mm-hmm. So I really do think if if you're up for being competitive against your spouse, this is a perfect couples game. It's just the right type. And we were able to play this while we were eating lunch. Yeah. It's it's not too deep. It's, it's not, not a too brain heavy, burner. Yeah. But there's enough there for you to make those challenging decisions. Which card do I play? What's the other person going to play? And you're also paying attention to what cards because once you play them, they stay down on the on the, mm-hmm. on the table. So you can look and see what they've already already played, and you can mm-hmm. try to get into their mind of, oh, what are they going to play next? But if you both play the same number, nobody gets yeah, to do anything. Yeah, they're canceled out. So <laughs> I, I really enjoy the game. Um, another, again, another win from the dream team, B squared or Bruno squares, as you call it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I really recommend this one for couples. Oh yeah, definitely. That's Raptor from Madigo games. Next, this is one I've been wanting Lara to play for a while now. We got this one, uh, to the table a couple months ago, but Lara was not present at the time for whatever reason. And, um, so I played this with some of our friends and this is the one that you always hear about, you can't get away from, and that's Scythe from Stonemeyer Games, designed by Jamie Stegmeyer. Now, the question, obviously, is does it live up to the hype? Uh, before I get to that point, um, so I said we played three-player game, and then Laura and I played the two-player game, just her and I, she and I, this couple weekends ago. And so in Scythe, what you're doing is you've got a faction. It's kind of an area control kind of thing where you're moving your... Um, your people around on the board, you're gathering resources, you're upgrading different aspects of your faction, you're, there's combat involved. Um, what I really like about it is that you, the, the whole upgrading thing, you know, you have to, um, your, your player mat has little indentations where you keep different styles of cubes or, or little wooden, wooden bits and pieces and, when you upgrade something, you pick it up and move it to another place, which essentially makes it cheaper for you to do something else and makes you what you spend money for for another action. You get to do more of that. I know that's a weird way to explain it, but essentially it boils down to upgrading it. And it's definitely there's got a, there's an engine building aspect to it. There's again, there's an area control resource management. Um, it's it's a great looking game. Production value on it is great. Although, for some reason, our player boards are starting to bend. I don't know why. They were flat when we got it out, but all of a sudden they're kind of starting to bend. But anyway, um, I don't feel like it's too deep. I think it's it's definitely learnable. I think uh, it's there's enough there to for it to be challenging, but not too heavy. Um, my my rating on it is I love it. For me, it lives up to the hype. I enjoyed it every time we play it. Um, I'm fascinated by those player boards where you're moving around those pieces and removing things. And when you do, you reveal um, additional actions and and the way just the way that you upgrade your 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 factions. I I love it. Um, so at a two player count or three player count, I don't feel like there's that much difference. Um, obviously, with two player, you can. Um, you're only going against your the other person, so you can't attack other people. Because um, essentially, the game ends. There are different achievements, and so a couple of those achievements are combat. And so, of course, in this game, if you're playing two player, you have to attack the other person. But you could feasibly play the game without even initiating combat. Because since there are several achievements, the goal is to get six. There are enough of them to uh, to get to six without having to do combat. Um, and then at the end of the game, whoever has the most coins, the most money, uh, the way you do all of your actions, you gain money and different events and that kind of thing will give you money. And whoever has the most money at the end of the game wins. Again, I really enjoy it. I love it. Um, I rate it probably about a nine. Uh, I really enjoyed it. However, Lara doesn't feel, at least right now, doesn't feel the same way. What are your thoughts on the game? Well... First off, you did acknowledge after we played that you realized every time we've played, we've been doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And what is that? Well, the one thing that we did wrong was 
I, whenever you're gathering resources, for some reason, I, I forgot that the more workers you have on a specific tile, that's how many resources you gather. So if you have three workers on a tile that produces oil, whenever you produce on that tile, you would produce three oil. So it slowed us down as far as how much we were producing. Right. So basically when it came down to it, you have a lot of decisions to make in this game. And on top of that, your character has special abilities. And I always find in games like this that I can't, I don't figure out what I'm supposed to be doing until the end of the game. And so most of the game, I'm, it's lit, I feel listless. I don't know what I'm doing. And everybody else seems so confident in the game. And yet I'm sitting there going, I don't understand why are y'all getting all of this stuff and I can't get anything as soon as I produce stuff. I have it. Great. What am I supposed to do with this stuff? Or I end up spending it to upgrade. Well, now I have no money left to do anything else because I just spent it all. Mm -hmm. And I get very frustrated by that. And I don't think it's fun. So you, what, what you're saying is you just can't nail down the right strategy for you. You kind of, like you said, you're kind of going back and forth between what you should do. And so it's, it's mad for you. It's more of a matter of not exactly being able to nail down not necessarily not being able to but just because there are so many different options figuring out the the right tweaking of what you should be doing in order to like the right flow because like you said about upgrading you're supposed to be able to upgrade everything on your player board and I've I the way I kept finding it was okay awesome I've worked really hard and I've upgraded this one thing but now I don't have anything left as far as resources to upgrade anything else. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm getting massacred is I don't have those things upgraded, so I can't do anything. So I'm just moving around with no aim anymore because what am I supposed to be doing now? It just, it, it really frustrates me and it, it irritates me and it gets me to where I just like, so it's not necessarily the game itself. It's just the style of game that it's not really necessarily your thing. Right. Because you've done this. You've seen this in other games too, right? Right. I feel that way even in something like Rococo. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's maybe just the theme of in Shakespeare that I'm able to manage it better because it's theater mm-hmm. and I'm a, that's what I do is theater. I'm, I'm a director. And so I know how to do all that stuff. So I know how to manage <laughs> that better. I know how to manage getting set pieces together and getting costumes together and finding actors. And I know how to manage that. It And so I guess it just comes more natural to me, but other games like that, I, I don't feel like, Oh, I will never forget the time we tried to play Terra Mystica. Mm-hmm. I still to this day, we played through it one time and I still sit there and go, what on earth was going on? <laughs> What was happening? That one's a very heavy game. Yeah. So. And um and that's how playing Scythe felt to me of I I can't tell what I need to be doing because I'm trying to do this, but oh I need to be doing I need that though. But I don't have the stuff to do that yet. I need to go do this other thing over here in order to get the stuff to do that. And but now somebody's attacking me over here. Like it's just mm-hmm. I see that. I definitely get that. And again, that's that's, you know, that's, that's not just your... fun to me, though. Yeah, that's, like, just... that's what people love about these games. And I'm like, I, why? It's so frustrating. I think for me, the reason why I like it is because when you are able to to manage everything and really get your engine, if you will, going, it's very rewarding to see all the work you've put into it start to pay off. But I get it. If you're not seeing the work you're putting in pay off, then that's not going to be fun for you. Mm hmm. So And so then you have to sit there through all those rounds going, I'm just sitting here treading water until this game is over now. So um, we're, we're not ones to completely write off a game without playing it a second time like we did with Time Stories. We gave Time Stories a second try. So Laura said she's open to trying it again later on down the road. Um, but yeah, I need, I need some breathing room from it first. Yeah. So from Laura, she's undecided yet. Right now, though, she's... Not did not enjoy her experience, but me, I love my I love my experience every time I play Scythe. So 
Uh, that is uh, Scythe from Stonemaier Games. All right. So um, our friend recently had a birthday. And um, we have not haven't done one together, all, all four of us, her and her husband and and us. However, Spencer and her husband have done one of these mm. before. And I'm talking about escape rooms. The escape rooms are so awesome. They're, they're such a great thing. And, um, you know, it's it's funny. I kept telling Spencer I've found on Geek and Sundry they have a show that is escape. And they've set up these super cool, elaborate escape rooms. And on one episode, of course, they have Felicia Day on. She, she's like, I'm the boss. I'm totally getting to do what it <laughs> yeah. is. And she talks about how since the, like the 90s, she's been playing escape room games on the computer and stuff. Mm. And I didn't realize they had digital escape room oh, games yeah. until you told me about it. But um, So, of course, it follows suit that there would come a way to have an escape room game, like tabletop a board game, game tabletop yep. game. And um, so the one that we got was uh, for our friend is Escape Room, the game from Spin Master. Uh, it has four different scenarios in this core set. They've released an expansion that has three. Well, I think. Well, I don't know. I think they they have two. Are they doing them in individual? They're individual. So oh, okay. one's like a an abandoned funhouse theme park <laughs> theme, and I forget what the other theme is. But yeah. Anyway. The components for these are just so cool. First mm-hmm. of all, you have your chrono decoder, and it is a super cool, big, nice plastic box that has a countdown timer on it, and it's got these um, slots in it, and you've got, how many are there? 18 keys? 12? 18? There are a lot. There are a lot of these plastic keys Um that are different shapes and they've got different things on them. Like they've got triangles and squares and parallelograms. They've also got letters on them. They've got Roman numerals on them. They've got arrows. Yeah. And all sorts of stuff on them. And, um, those are what are, that's how you're going to figure out which key goes where. And, um, so you've got these room, this, these rooms that you're going to go through. Um, and the first one that we did is the prison break, because that's what's suggested is to start mm-hmm. with that one. And we don't want to get into it too much, because, of course, we don't want there to be spoilers. Mm-hmm. Of course, <laughs> it just totally caught me by surprise that there were three parts to it. I thought there were oh, only yeah. two. Mm-hmm. So we got through the first two you thought, really quick. Yeah. Like, you, you get an hour to do these, and we got through the first two parts of it in, like, 15 or 20 minutes. And I was like, yeah! we are awesome and then they pull out the third part and went oh uh oh we didn't end up getting out of there till a minute left was it a minute i thought it was like three minutes i maybe it was three minutes because you get your last tip off little Mm. clue thing at five minutes left on the clock and so as soon as we read it that's how we figured it out but what my first impression of this was this feels like an escape room cool i guess the same kind of puzzles that you would be doing Mm -hmm. um obviously you're not in a room you have you can have you have the kind of like a of a bird's eye view of the room that you're in aerial Mm -hmm. but it's the same same style of clues that you're trying to figure out yeah like the very first thing that you handed us was like three pieces of paper that each had something different on them and we immediately just set to yeah solve this and solve that yeah and that was really cool and you know and of course you've got the timer so that always makes things tense there's a tension there oh we got to solve this and didn't it chime like every five minutes or so yeah so every your... yeah well every five minutes not every five minutes but there's like specific intervals where they'll give you a clue there's like a secret clue and a revealer like like the old i don't remember what game it was but it's like you put it in the red thing and it you can read what it says was it taboo or something like that that was one of them i think but there was a specific, there were several oh, games it was a that. clue jr had that at that no component. way yeah where you put I it's like clue jr red and white but when you put it under the red the red screen you can, see thing, the you can see the letters yeah so it gives you those and they and those cards in each scenario have a mm. time on them of when you are allowed to start looking right at them. so that's Unless good you're a cheater yeah well that was really cool i like that because it does give you the opportunity to have a clue because if you sometimes you just get stuck, which we didn't get stuck until the third until room. Until that 
Yeah, that third room when we didn't get a clue until yeah. there were five minutes left on the clock. So we sat there for like half an hour. But <laughs> yeah, but it was cool because in that escape room that I just did, they gave clues too. If you needed mm-hmm. them, you could ask for them. Mm-hmm. And um, I I liked that. Um, and it really, it was really cool. Now there, again, there are four in this box. And so they increase more. in difficulty. Yes. So I'm nervous about the next one. Yeah. If we well, had so much trouble in the last one. Well, and again, like. Well, it wasn't so much trouble. It was just that we read too far into something. Yeah. And that's the thing you have to be careful of is the red herrings. Oh, yeah. You you got to watch out for those. Um, and like she said, don't read too much into things unless you're required to. Um, but it's a lot of fun. If you want that, if you want that escape room experience. Um, without the escape room experience price. And at a good, yeah, this is a good value too. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this box comes with four scenarios. Yeah. And this was what, $25? Maybe. Something like that. That's great. Yeah, I mean, there are escape rooms that that's how much it costs to go in one time. The one we went to was 30 bucks a person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is great value. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I don't think there's even a limit to how many people can do it. Well, it's three to five. They say three to five players because you don't want to get too many people crowded around the table. Yeah, because that's one thing that I wish was better about this. You talked about those aerial views of the room. Some of that stuff in there is really tiny. Small. Yeah. So I you have to w- pass it around instead of everybody being able to look at it once. Yeah, I do wish that those were a bit bigger. And I would even venture to say you and I could have done this. Really? Yeah, I think so. It would have like, taken it, us longer on the first couple of things. Right. It was it was fun to do it as a group of four people, but I don't think it's too difficult to where you couldn't do it with just two people. Well, at people. least not that first least, scenario. Yeah, exactly. This next one, we'll see. I saw people on Board Game Geek even do it solo. Wow. Yeah. You so, go, guys. I mean, there's, not, there's, no, there's no need necessarily to have more than one person doing it. If you're really smart and you can solve all those puzzles yourself, mm-hmm. go for it. Yeah. But yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. I mean, so great experience. That's Escape Room, the game from Spin Master. Also, if that's your kind of thing, like I mentioned, go check out on the Geek and Sundry YouTube page, Escape. Finally, someone asked us on Twitter, what was our greatest experience from BuzzCon? Someone. That question's from Morgan. Yes. Sorry. Shout out to Morgan. Um, thank you for the question. And, um, definitively, definitively. Oh, definitively. Our our best best experience that we played was Fury Fury of of Dracula. Fury of Dracula from Fantasy Flight Games. And Games Workshop. And Games Workshop. Rest in peace. No more. This game will not, no longer be made, at least for now, unless somebody maybe down the road picks up the rights. Yeah. If you haven't heard, uh, the partnership between Games Workshop and Fantasy Flight ended. And together they created Fury of Dracula 3rd Edition. And since they since that ended, they're not going to be making this game anymore. Right. So you so, may have seen an influx of these at your FLGS. Mm-hmm. That's why. Yeah. It's because they went, well, last print run. Right. Bam. And so, so get we, you some. And that's what we did. We got us some. Treat yourself. <laughs> yeah, we treated ourselves. <laughs> and um, we just showed Spencer that episode of Parks and Rec last night. So that's yeah. why I'm doing a little Don Amigo for you. <laughs> um, so... I, bo- I was the one who really wanted this game. I was the one that was going, you know, this isn't going to be around much longer. And I like I like the theme of it. It sounds really neat. Let's get it. But I kn- I when I saw on the box the time of like three plus hours. Yeah, two to three hours was the estimated playing time. I went, ah, oh, man. And I got out the instruction book, which there's. There's a rule. There's a learn to play book, and then there's a rules reference book. So there's two separate things, mm-hmm. and that intimidated me, and it shouldn't have. No, do not let that intimidate you guys. Um, thankfully, again, thank you, Geek and Sundry. Um, Will Wheaton played this on tabletop recently, and it's a two part episode, mm-hmm. which we understand why now after we played our game. But that reignited my fire of. All right, we can do this, and you know what? We've got, we've got this coming up because we kept saying when we first got this game, we will. It will have to be a day that we devote, like a whole afternoon, to be able to play this game, mm-hmm. just because of how long it takes. And we've got the girls usually, like we would need some serious concentration time to play this, and so we knew that was going to be coming up at Falls Con. We were going to. We'd made plans that the girls were going to be watched so that we could be there all day. I said, perfect. We 
have that time. Let's just go devote that to playing this game that week. Um, it is a, they encourage you to do a five player game. We did get the question on our Instagram account. Is this okay to play as husband and wife? And I have heard of people doing that. The thing is you have to have all four hunters Mm -hmm. on in play. Yeah. So what is the premise of the game? Dracula was never killed at the end of the novel. Mm -hmm. He escaped. And so Lord Godalming, Dr. John Seward, um, Mina Harker. Mina Harker. Van Helsing. And Van Helsing. They are traveling across Europe looking for Dracula. On his end, it's a hidden movement game. Dracula can see the other characters moving across Europe to these different cities, but his movements are hidden on, by cards that are laying on the table, laying on the board, and they shift down as he moves. And um, so basically, he's trying to spread his influence across Europe, um, and he has an influence track that goes zero to thirteen. Once he hits thirteen, game over. Dracula wins. Otherwise, the hunters are trying to find him and kill him, and that's how they win. And there are all different ways of of him to elude them. And they can fight him. They can fight him. He can set traps for them on the trail mm-hmm. that will spring um, new vampires that they have to fight against. Or, oh, I think my favorite one, because, of course, I played as Dracula. Of course. Because I, I like to play the traitor and whatnot um i the, my favorite one was the bats i sick i sicked some bats on one of the hunters <laughs> and uh it was well it was van helsing and he got carried two cities away yeah that was funny <laughs> and delayed which was i mean that was that was cool um lots of different powers that he has he can take wolf form he can escape as a bat he can escape as mist um, all these different things, but he doesn't have all the advantages, right? Mm-hmm. What do the hunters get to do that Dracula doesn't? They get to move during the day. Right. So turns take, you've got one day action and then you've got a night action. So during the day, that's when the hunters get to move around, but Dracula can't do anything during the day. It's not until night. However, the hunters don't get to move at night because it's too scary mm-hmm. <laughs> on the ropes. But Dracula can only move by road, whereas hunters can move by railroad. And they can maybe, they can move faster on railroads because they can also, they take a ticket, they can let them move two railroad in a move, whereas Dracula just gets to move one road length. So they can move faster time. than he They can. can move faster than him. They just don't know where the heck mm-hmm. he is. Yeah. But you guys in our game, y'all caught on to me really quick. You found my trail, and I just never could shake them. Pretty much, they they stayed on my trail. That yeah. made it really hard. Yeah, it was um, it was fun. I, I mean, so first of all, going back to the question of you know player count, you like she like Laura was saying, you can do two player. One person can play Dracula, but the other person would have to play four characters. I don't know if I'd want to do that. I've heard of people doing it. Well, yeah, it, it can be done. I've heard me, of husbands and wives doing that me, together. Me personally, I don't think I'd want to do it. I think it's, for me, it's too much to keep up with. Maybe you would want, maybe I could play Dracula and you could but do see, it. But see, then that's when I wonder, because of how, sh- I'm, I mean, you get easily distracted. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid that you would do your Dracula turn, then I would have to go through and do all four of these invest- these hunters before it was your turn. And then I would have to do it again. Yeah. Because you do morning Hunter's actions, then evening, Hunter's actions, then Dracula goes. Right. So I'm just afraid you would get so distracted. Uh, yeah, I would. <laughs> Let's not so, lie here. <laughs> so uh, from a Hunter's perspective, it, it was enjoyable. It was frustrating in a good way, trying to find Dracula. Um, you and then know, I'd escape. And then she would escape. And, you know, you, it's it's a really fun deduction like where did she go she could have gone this way there are only a few possibilities it really takes teamwork it does it does and so that's why i personally wouldn't recommend it without at least four players mm-hmm. um it, one you, person could take 200 yeah bouncing ideas off of each other really trying to track down Dracula. i could see doing it three players yeah two players take 200s each and yeah one that's Dracula. True. yeah 
So um, it was enjoyable, though. It was an epic game because it really did take us three hours. Yep. Now, granted, we were still kind of learning some things, and we had to stop a couple a of times. We did take a break. We had to stop a couple of times to uh, refer to the rules. Oh, yeah, a, few, a couple. That's modest. We, yeah. we had to stop a lot to look at these rules just because, like... <laughs> There's just know. some intricacies to it. Mm-hmm. Overall, though, it was a very enjoyable experience. Like I said, it was definitely epic. Yes. And it was That's down. what I was saying after Morgan asked us that question yeah. and you answered it. I went, you know, I feel like every time we played, it's going to be epic. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing is I felt like it was very balanced. Even though you had a lot of powers and we could move a lot more than you did, I feel like we there was a really good back and forth of, you know, you would just get the upper hand and then we would come right back and, and catch it. Obviously. Then, I mean, if I was able to drag that out for three hours. Yeah. One person against four people. Yeah. Yeah, they did an, I mean, they did an excellent job yeah. on this game of making it where nobody overpowers the other. Mm-hmm. It was really good. So I would definitely like to try to play Dracula and see what that's like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a lot of fun. So if you have the time to dedicate to it, dedicate to it, and it sounds like it's, if you like that kind of, you know, hidden movement, but also one versus many type game, think about trekking one of these down before they are gone forever. Yeah, Fury of Dracula from Fantasy Flight and Games Workshop. There are two resources you can check out if you need help with your gameplay first. There is, of course, like I mentioned, the Geek and Sundry tabletop episode with Will Wheaton. But there's also a Shut Up and Sit Down video going through the gameplay. Will Wheaton even references that. So he needed that resource as well. Yeah. And I haven't gotten to watch all the way through the little bits I saw very entertaining as very well. Very charming. And Spencer watched the whole thing, mm-hmm. and he was thoroughly entertained. So those are some good resources yeah. for you as well, just to kind of help familiarize before you you dive into it. But exactly. I, oh, man, I can't recommend this game enough. Yeah, a lot of fun. So uh, you feel like you need to wet your whistle? I do, actually. Well, how about the recipe that I picked out for this week's Game Night Grub? How about it? All right, this week, um, it's funny, I talked to our friends Andrew and Anitra from the Family Gamers about this. Um, I don't know about nationwide. I know it's kind of spotty when you start going up north, but Sonic is America's (laughs) drive-in. This recipe from (laughs) lilluna.com, this is the copycat Sonic cherry limeade and it is so oh guys it's so simple and easy to follow i mean and it 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 is just wonderful i think the most challenging thing was finding a bottle of maraschino syrup so um let's just get down to it uh first of all you're for one drink just for a single drink you're gonna need one can of seven up or sprite now um we don't drink a lot of soda in our house. We don't keep soda in our house. If if we ever drink it, it's from like picking up takeout or when we go to a restaurant. So we don't buy soda a lot. So I was rather shocked (laughs) when I went to go buy a six pack of Sprite or 7-Up and they don't make regular 12 ounce can six packs anymore. Or if they do, they weren't at the store we went to. Yeah. Um, all I could find were the 100 calorie cans in a six pack. I don't even, I, yeah, it was a six pack. Otherwise, you have to buy like a big old 12 pack mm-hmm. refrigerator pack thingy where they roll down and all that stuff. And I just did not have time to mess with that. So I got the 100 calorie pack. So we just used one of those little, I just used one of those little cans. Um, so you, I just used that little tiny 100 calorie can, um, two. Uh, cherries. I just got a jar of maraschino cherries for that. Uh, you need half of a lime wedge, and you're going to want to cut that in half too. So you've got a couple of fourths there. Um, some ice. Uh, the bloggers use ice from Sonic, which you can buy by the bag if you had never done that before. Now you know. And uh, the maraschino syrup. So you're going to place two of your cherries in the bottom of your glass. And um, a quarter of the lime as well. You'll add your ice on top of that, and then you add your drink, your soda pop. And then, last but not least, 
your two tablespoons of maraschino syrup and juice from the other quarter of the lime. I mean, really squeeze that sucker, get as much lime juice out of that as you can. Uh, make sure you stir it really well, just because we've always noticed anytime we get a drink from Sonic, like for happy hour, if you get some kind of specialty syrup in there, like we like to get vanilla Dr. Peppers. Our trick is to always, you blow in the straw first because the syrup tends, they, they put that in first before they put the soda in. So if you don't blow on it, it's not mixed in. You're just drinking straight vanilla syrup first, right? Yes. Okay, so you want to stir this up, make sure all of that is is evenly distributed. And um, what did you think of the end product? I think the end product was better than the than the thing it was trying to imitate. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the ingredients you used. Um, I've never really... I'll drink a cherry limeade, but I've never, it's never been my go-to drink. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just, I mean, I like cherries. Maybe it's because I don't like Sprite that much, but this was good. Like this was a delicious drink. So do it like Laura did (laughs) and you'll have a delicious drink. (laughs) Like I want one right now. We should have had one made i'm sorry yeah i should have brought i should have because i've got everything else but the limes i don't because you need you want fresh limes for that and i just didn't even think about buying limes today at the grocery store very refreshing Mm -hmm. um tasty it was like summer in a glass yes i love it Mm -hmm. and um what what would you think about this around for a game night um you know it's like with any other drink you know we we had a disaster a few months ago. So we, with scythe, with scythe, yes. Um, accidentally, in the fury of putting the game away to put a new game on the board, uh, a drink was accidentally spilled on it. Which everything's fine. We got it cleaned up in time. So they were no. not spilled on the board player boards. If no. that's what you're thinking, no, that no, no, no. the yeah. player boards are bent because they got because no. that's what Spencer was talking about earlier. No, 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 and everything was fine. So it's not a big deal. Um, but because of that, we have a rule now, no drinks on the table mm-hmm. and we put little TV trays beside our table. So if you put it on there, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, just whatever your typical drink policy is. And that's, that's fine. Um, I will say if like, just for the two of us, that's fine of doing the single drink recipe. If you plan to have a few people over and you're wanting to make these for them, I would suggest you pre-mix your soda and lime juice and maraschino syrup first. And however many people you have, add two to that and then modify the recipe to that. Just so that you have extra in case anybody wants more. And then you can just prepare the glasses with the cherries and the lime wedge in the bottom as needed. Because... When it comes to a large group like that, having to get up and make an each individual drink over and over and over again, that would be annoying. There's yeah. a reason we don't work at Sonic. Yeah. I don't want to make those drinks over and over again. So if I can just make a big old picture of it, that'd be fine too. Yeah. Cool. Yep. So that is the copycat Sonic Cherry Limeade from Lil Luna. Lil Luna. LilLuna.com. On to our discussion of the episode I mentioned that we're going to be talking about, is there ever a situation where it's okay to go easy on someone where you're playing a game? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you you can hear people go back and forth on this. No, you should always play to your best ability. Don't take it easy on someone because then they'll feel cheated if, you know, if they win, but they find out you weren't playing to your best ability. Mm -hmm. Um. I personally think that there are situations. It's a case by case basis. Definitely. So, so you would agree with me then that there are certain circumstances where it is okay to not play to your. Yes, I do think it's okay in some games to not go full out. Okay. You may know thing. You may be so experienced with the game that you know how to really exploit your character's Mm -hmm. ability or really exploit those cards when you if it's like a deck a deck builder you know how to what cards and how to really build them up so that you're going to hit somebody hard Mm -hmm. 
I think there are certain situations where maybe now is not the time to be playing that way. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. Let's say you and I are playing a game and it's a game that we know. Let's say we're playing Raptor. Okay. Would there ever be a situation when you and I are playing that you'd want me to go easy on you? Playing Raptor? Yeah. No. No. Okay. Or let's take another example, Potion Explosion. Again, a game that we both know how to play. Would you ever want me to go easy on you on that? Hmm, I don't think so. No. Okay. So what would be, and I'm just asking just for our listeners, what would be the reasoning? Why would you not want me to ever take it easy on you? Well, it's it's like you said, most of the time whenever you and I are playing a game together, either we know the game or we're both learning the game. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're on an even playing field. Mm-hmm. So I think it's the kind of, I mean, let's let's take it vice versa. Do you want me to go easy on you? I don't. I mean, there are plenty of games that I beat you at. There, I mean, Yes, there are plenty of games. Do you want me to go easy? I do not. Because, and I know that, and I was just asking because, again, I didn't know if, you know, some people, some people would just like to win the game regardless of how, you know, for whatever circumstance it is, they maybe, don't care. They just want to win. Okay, maybe, maybe if I've had a super awful, crappy day, mm-hmm. maybe you don't need to go all out on something. But that's my personal preference. Right. There may be people out there that that's what they want if they've had a super awful, crappy day is they want to play an honest game with somebody and to be played honestly with. But I I will admit I'm a prideful person. Mm -hmm. And if I haven't been able to win at anything all day, whether it's I've spent the entire day with spit up on my shirt because the baby spit up on me and it's been a nonstop day that I couldn't even stop to change my Mm T-shirt, which that happens with kids. Um. I haven't even gotten to put my makeup on. I've barely gotten to eat because both of the girls are being so demanding that day. And I'll admit, normally on a day like that, I don't even want to play a game. Yeah. But at the same time, I know that you've been looking forward to playing a game that night. Mm-hmm. And so I go ahead and concede to play a game. It would really help my self-esteem on that kind of day to win. Mm-hmm. Of course... Maybe in that circumstance, we would probably play something cooperative. cooperative yeah. Yeah. I Because at the same time, that would translate to me of, I need someone here on my side and supporting me because yeah. I've been alone all day mm-hmm. and fighting as hard as I can by myself and it's not going well. I need you to come in and help me with this. I think that's fair. And I think that that's how that would translate into the board game. And that's what it is in our relationship sometimes of, yeah, we'll play those head to head games, but then there are days that we come together and we go just a cooperative game. Mm -hmm. That's all we need today. That's great. Um, I think for me, I'm not, I mean, yes, I have a certain amount of pride, but when it comes to games for me, it's just about the experience. Mm -hmm. So I could lose every single game and I still enjoy my time playing. So for me, I don't care if I win. It's just a matter of playing the game playing the game with you, sharing our experience together. So for me, I don't think there would ever be an instance where I would want someone to go easy on me. Maybe maybe like we talk about, if the level, the playing field is not level, like mm-hmm. if someone's teaching me a game, yeah, maybe I won't, wouldn't be able to learn the game best if someone's constantly hammering me. Mm-hmm. So maybe that would be a certain insta- instance where I wouldn't want someone to go all out. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, hit me. You know, I just want to play the game and have a good time. Um, but not all people are like us, right? Right. We've played with some very temperamental people before. So do you think it is okay to adjust the way you play a game for someone based on their personality, just the way they are? You Not whether it's they've had a bad day, not whether it's, you know, whatever, but just by nature, this is a temperamental person. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because now I'm, I'm thinking of there have been people when they find out what we do as far as podcasting and Mm -hmm. reviewing board games and that we have a nice, or what we feel is a nice board game collection. And we talk about, yeah, we need to get a a game night together. There are people who tell us 
if I don't win a game, I get incredibly angry. Yeah. So I think, is that who you're talking about? Well, yeah. Maybe. I mean, or just people who get extremely irritable and they'll maybe, if they lose a game, they'll just shut down. Yeah. Which we've had that experience too. Mm-hmm. Personally, the way I view it in my experience, I'm not going to do stuff that's necessarily in your face. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not going to go out of the weird. Not play this card down. Yeah. Just because it's going to help yeah. me do better than you. You're not going to go out of your way to help somebody else win. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. not going to. I'm not going to not play a good card. Right. I will maybe not direct attacks at you. Mm-hmm. If there, if it's that's the kind of game we're doing, I'm not going to be. I will try my best to not aim something directly mm. at you that's detrimental specifically and only to you and it singles you out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I will play the winning card if that's what I have. And I think I'm on the same page as you. Like, we we don't want to make a situation awkward. We don't want it to be nope. unbearable for everybody at the table. No. Especially if we're planning, you know, a several hour long game night. Mm-hmm. So the first game we do, we have the opportunity to take it easy on somebody just because we know that if we don't, it'll be miserable the rest of the night. Again, not saying let them win, not saying, you know, go out of your way to make them win, but not directly make attacks on them. You know, that might be the best way to go. Mm-hmm. If you're the kind of person that doesn't care about confrontations, if you find joy in taking people off, then I guess that's. That's like what I'm thinking about right now with temperamental people, maybe a game of Cosmic Encounter mm-hmm. where you do have to single out a person to attack. Yeah. If it's somebody that's getting pretty cheesed off, maybe we should wait a couple rounds before and let them maybe ally with somebody else or let them be the aggressor first before we attack one of their colonies again. Yeah. Let them cool off a bit, but they also need to realize and maybe at, through that game flow of them allying or them being the aggressor try to in conversation mention about like well that's how the game is played right yeah well and if you do realize through process of you know whether consecutive games or consecutive game nights you maybe this is a person you it's your friend maybe it's somebody that that you can't necessarily you know some people you enjoy playing games with more than others yeah and maybe though these people you can't necessarily get away from if you learn that they just can't handle attacks like that, maybe like you mentioned, don't play those kinds of games with them. Maybe only play cooperative games with them. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, you know, the topic at hand, is it okay to go easy on someone? You know, what, what is it? What is your ultimate goal for playing games? Is it to have a good experience? Is it to get people to enjoy board games and what leave them wanting for more. You know, if your ultimate goal is to bring people into the hobby and spread the good news of board gaming, you want them to have the best experience that they can within reason. Mm-hmm. You don't want to alter a game to where it's not what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can play. How horrible would it be, especially if they found out later that you had gone easy on them? Yeah, exactly. Some people, that could make them feel even worse. Yeah. You can play, though, to where you're not directly attacking, you know, going f- whole hog. Is that our expression? Mm-hmm. On them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's... Not making them feel the full brunt of yeah. your force. Yeah. 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 And, of course, you know, that, that translates to, to your children. You know, you, you want to teach your kids that there are consequences, not only in life, but in everything that they do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've we've... We talk, we've talked about playing games with, with our three-year-old, almost four-year-old. How is she almost four? Mm. Um, and we we don't let her win. You know, Although she does win games. She wins a lot. Of her own volition. Yeah. But I think if we show her now that you don't always win because, mm-hmm. again, it's a game. You're supposed well, to be having fun. that's the other thing is a lot of our ga- the games that we play with her, it's luck of the draw. Yeah, yeah. Even what I'm thinking, the the most recent game we just played with her, Bug Party. Mm-hmm. That just depends on how you spin. Yeah. And if you answer the question correctly. Yeah. And her game, her questions are at her level. Mm-hmm. And our questions are fairly Relatively. at our level. 
Um, they're entertainment questions, although we don't watch all the shows that this mm. asks questions of, like Game of Thrones and those kinds of things. Yeah. Or remember who the best actress Oscar winner yeah. was from 2015. But <laughs> but there, I I mean I vague vaguely remember having decisions in front of me when playing with her. Mm-hmm. If I make this decision, I'll most likely win. If I make this decision, she'll most likely win. What do I do? I go with the one that'll let me win, because it's teaching her. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Now mm-hmm. again, these these are not by any means confrontational games. No, that we're talking about again. We've we've talked about these in the past. Pete the cat. Mm-hmm. And the Peppa Pig. And Animal Upon Animal. Animal Upon Animal. Yeah. So, um, I, again, I think it all comes down to the situation. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there are situations where it's okay to essentially go easy on someone. But don't jip them of their experience of the what the game actually is by going out of your way to help them win. Right. There have been times with... with People that we've haven't played that many board games before, or the kind of board games that we have, that we're we've invited over to play, and it's just it's just not clicking. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, unfortunately, some games do, and some games don't, and and so like like you're doing for me with Scythe, and like we did with Time Stories. With some of those games, we have to let those people get breathing room from mm-hmm. them for a little while. Maybe even find a game that has a similar mechanic. Different game, though. To try to get them used to it before we try that game again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it's not such a bad taste in their mouth. Um, going easy on them, not necessarily so. But trying to help them learn and appreciate it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's our aim. Yeah, totally. What about our family gatherings that we do? I would say first all, first of all, with the family gaming, um, with like in-laws and mm-hmm. an extended family like that, we kind of tend toward game selection that's oh, yeah. not going to be so, yeah. so heavy mm-hmm. and in your face. Well, for me, it's a kind of a unique situation because I have no problems being mean to my sister. <laughs> So I take pleasure in that. And they, you know, they, they're good natured. But at the same time, they don't play board games as regularly as we do. So we don't need to pick games that are so heavy and gamery. Yeah. You know, um, I, I I think family, you know, family is a unique thing, but at the same time, it, the, some, a lot of, most of the things we just mentioned applies to family. You know, like you said, pick the right game. If a, game where you're going head to head doesn't work for them if you know you should know your family mm-hmm. you know what type of temperament they are and so if you know that they maybe it's the kind of person that always gets into political debates and you probably don't want maybe you could try it but you might not want to do a game where you're attacking each other in that mm-hmm. um so you know just use your knowledge and um your experiences with that person and um, we we've we've had recommendations. We did an episode way back during or what we've games we've had successes with for family gathering approved games. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so there are games out there that are I think perfect for for just your general family families that are not gamers by nature, right? And but that you don't necessarily have to go easy on them, right? Because they're not necessarily take that, take that, take that. Mm-hmm. Coming after you. Yeah. 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 So, again, answering the question, is in what situations is it okay to go easy on someone? We think it's an, a, a case-by-case basis. Yeah. Don't. So, basically, what we're saying is don't be afraid to take it easy on somebody, but at the same time... Know when it's appropriate. Yeah. You need to, You should know the person that you're playing a game with. If it's somebody that you just randomly get paired up with at a con mm-hmm. or a board game cafe, you just see somebody with a sign out that says players wanted, nah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> they're asking for it. Yeah, those are the kind of people that... Obviously, that those are the kind of people that 
they're not going to try to take it on easy on you, and they don't want you to take it easy on them. Well, and if if they do get angry at you, you don't have to play a game with them ever again. <laughs> yeah. At least hopefully not. You don't even have to remember their name after yeah. you walk away from the table. Well, I guess... Except to say, hey, don't play a game with Bob. <laughs> yeah. He's a jerk. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I guess that'll about do it for our topic of the episode. Mm-hmm. Right? Anything else? Well, um, we would love to hear y'all's feedback. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> really excited about I that. I do. Because I want to know. I want to know maybe some stories. Of... Please, yes. Give us stories of when did somebody do that to you? Go easy on you and, and you found out about it later or you took it easy on somebody else and, and it was perfectly okay. Or, or a time when you should have taken it easy on someone because they were literally about to pop their head off <laughs> out of anger. Um, let us know about that too. Um, and you can do that by reaching out to us in several different ways. Right. All of our contact information can be found on our website, marriedwithbg.com. Um, we have Twitter, at marriedwithbg, Instagram, at marriedwithbg, Facebook.com slash marriedwithbg. Our email address is marriedwithbg at gmail.com. And our YouTube channel is marriedwithbg. Or you can search for us, Married with Board Games. Um, on that YouTube channel, we host all of our Kickstarter reviews. Um, oh, any of our other of, reviews like Venom Assault, if you're going looking for it, that's on the Dice Tower account. Yeah. And speaking of Kickstarter, I do want to mention, give a shout out again to uh, one we did, our most recent Kickstarter review, which was Sigil Powers of War. It's still on Kickstarter right now. And um, it's a really good game. That's um, a nice one, guys. It's It's kind of been overshadowed by the likes of Rising Sun and Empires of the Void, mm-hmm. and Dinosaur Island, and all these big games. And um, so it's not getting the spotlight I think we think it needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to go back and listen to our previous episodes about it, or again, you can find our review on it on our on our YouTube page. It's kind of a head-to-head or multiplayer Magic the Gathering on the tabletop form. Um, Summoner Wars, if you like any of those styles of games. Um, this is perfect for you, and it's a very well- thought out game so again uh take a look at it see if it if um if it's something that that you would consider worthwhile we think it is if if that style of gameplay matches you that's sigil powers of war and uh so we mentioned our contact info we talked about lots of things today laura do you have anything else i have nothing else to say besides this has been episode 14 of the married to board games podcast i'm spencer i'm laura thanks so much for listening